Welcome to The Job, where we discuss tips and strategies for reducing stress and preventing burnout in the police. I'm Johnny Bevan and I'm the Police Burnout Coach and currently a serving police detective with 16 years experience in a variety of roles ranging from uniform policing, proactive squads, covert policing and child protection. I'm going to be sharing proven strategies on how to reduce anxiety, eliminate overwhelm, stop procrastinating and worrying what other people think so that you can become more productive and bring calm and balance to your life no matter what you're faced with. We're also going to talk about how to build trust and confidence in yourself so you can stop needing constant reassurance and validation from others to know that you're doing a good job. Working in the police doesn't have to be stressful and I'm going to show you how. So let's dive in. Why don't we want to hate people? That's the question there, because I often um, talk to people about you know when they hate someone, they're already angry and frustrated with someone, and trying to help them move away from that is can be a challenge because we sort of get very obsessed and fixated on those people that we just hate. And I've helped quite a few people with this. And I'm not saying it's something you've got to change if you decide like you hate someone and you want to stay like that, then carry on. But please just listen to this and just actually make a decision after. Because at least you can make it knowing what's sort of going on for you and what the consequence of that is. Because I had someone, I worked with them for a long time. <clears throat> and first of all, they just used to annoy me. I just think uh, they were rude. And then eventually that turned to a real sort of obsession and hatred. And when I look back, I was like, actually, it wasn't very good at all. And I always thought that um, the problem was them, as we do, that they had to change. In some way, they if they changed, I'd feel better. But what this work showed me was that actually, I was actually in control of how I felt. And by thinking that they were in control of it what I was doing was literally giving them all the power it's like having a remote for my life for my emotions and for everything I did and I just given it to them and saying go on you crack on and it wasn't until someone pointed out to me they said like actually do you realize they don't feel your hate and I was like well no I'm pretty sure they do and I go home and I'm moaning to my wife about it and I'm moaning and complaining and going on about it. Yeah, they, they know about that. <laughs> but I suddenly realised they don't. They don't. They were probably at home not thinking of John Bevan. They probably had not passed me a second thought. But this person was completely consuming my mind, my life. And I would find other people and go, oh, yeah, and try and get allies about, you know, how bad they were and be gossiping and doing that and then I'd feel bad when I even even when the person wasn't there I'd be talking about them and feeling really frustrated and then I'd blame them for that I didn't realise that actually it was me that was choosing to obsess about them and this took a while this didn't this wasn't just someone told me this I really had to see what I was creating there was one or two things one was that only I felt that hate and anger so it's like drinking out of a poison chalice. It felt justified to hate them, but actually it was not affecting them at all. So <clears throat> what what was the point? And, and the point was there wasn't one in the end. <laughs> and the other one, which this I found particularly difficult, was that I had become them. And this is what you'll find. Just notice this with 
fascination and humour, it's not about judgement, is that when we have a judgement of someone, we end up mirroring them. And it, it's fascinating how it happens time and time again. So we, like for me, my, th my thing was that they were rude. I didn't like how they fronted people out and um, I thought humiliated people in front of people. So what would I do? I'd stand up and I would take them on in front of everyone and I would make them look small and humiliate them and, and actually look for those opportunities to do that. And it felt justified for me. It felt justified. And I remember hearing this, someone said to me, oh, they're dreading you coming back to the office. Now I knew people that dreaded working with them but now suddenly they were dreading working with me. And there's a part of me who used to be like, ha ha, you know, that's, that's my duty, that's my job, I'm the one that can stand up to them and all this. And, but I didn't like who I was becoming. And of course then what we do is we blame that person for who we're becoming. But I, I didn't realize that I had created that person. I had become that person. And I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. So I worked on it. And I didn't work on them. Spent lots of years, probably best part of 10 years, waiting for them to change. And I decided, actually, yes, I'm gonna do this for me because I didn't wanna be moan about them. I didn't like how I was showing up. And actually what I found was, when I started doing this work on me, I then had a very different view of them and our relationship changed. They didn't necessarily change, but our relationship changed because I seen it through different eyes. Actually, this person, maybe I perceive as arrogant, was actually quite scared and insecure. And actually, I was probably making that worse when I was sort of, sort of pouncing on them and confronting them all the time. And I probably, I know what you're probably thinking now, then, oh, we just let these people get away with this then, do we? Just takes all our responsibility. And that's not what I'm saying. I actually, now I don't work with them so much now, but when I was, I now, are more open to challenging those type of people. Because what I do before, I challenge them in a really aggressive way, which really wouldn't benefit. But now, it's not that I condone the behavior, but I understand where their behavior comes from, and I just set a boundary. It's like, if you do this, I'm going to do this. And you're just like, suddenly, you're not reliant on them to change, to make you feel better, and you can still take the action that you think is appropriate. And you're not attaching your emotional life to them changing. Because my experience is, when you do that, you could be waiting a long time. I, all the people I wanted to change made me feel better didn't change. And I applied this there because my relationship very much changed with them. And then when I went to a new job, I went and worked regionally for a while on the Roku, there was someone else there. where And a lot of people sort of had issues with them and would rub up the wrong way and I had a real I had quite a run in where I was out in a car and they phoned me up and they were shouting at me and they were raging down the phone <clears throat> now of course my initial response is defensiveness to fill that defensiveness but what I learned to do was just instead of meet that meaning I go on the attack because what happens is we feel defensive because we think we're under attack and then what we do is we attack we, we mirror that behavior um, I learned to sort of condition myself that that's a big pause button. That's just time to pause and just take stock. So I allowed that defensiveness to go. And I knew I'd already set in my head, not with him, I'd set in my head a boundary. 
if he was speaking to me like that, like he did other people, I was just going to tell him I was going to hang up. That's completely my control, but from a very calm place. And that's what I said to him. I said, look, I understand you're upset, but if that, um, if you carry on shouting, um, I'm just going to hang the phone up. We'll talk about this when you're calmer. And he was still shouting when I hung the phone up. And people were like, what are you doing? How do you do that? But it came from a really good place. And what happened was I, w- I went in and we spoke about it. And I just let him know quite calmly, you know, you can't, if you talk to me like that, you know, I, we all want to say you can't talk to me like that. He can, he can, I, you know, I can't only control the words that come out of his mouth, but this is what I can do when you do that. And it is so empowering because suddenly we're not trying to control everyone. And that's what we do. We try and control everyone's actions because we think we feel better. But actually what we feel, we're at the mercy of how everyone is. And maybe, you know, they've had a bad weekend. Uh, maybe they're close to retiring and they're really quite scared, but that comes out as anger. <clears throat> and we're relying on other people for us to feel better. Whereas when you take this back and you realise, actually, <clears throat> I've got control of my response here and you can set a clear boundary, you have complete control of your life. And you can deal with those difficult people. Because there are difficult people out there. There are people out there that are a challenge to work with. But what I used to do is I used to think I could avoid them or I used to take them on. And what I used to do is you either avoid them and then go and find another one or you avoid, or you take them on and I think you make them worse. As in like you, you become them. But when you can challenge that behavior from a really good place and set those boundaries and follow through, that is really empowering. But what you'll find is, and this is what I realised why we prefer to complain about someone or do it like I was doing it, that aggression, is because it's actually really uncomfortable to have those conversations. It is really to sit down with someone calmly and say, look, you've been doing this um, and uh, I don't think that's really acceptable and if you carry on doing that, I'm going to do this. That is really quite uncomfortable. And we go to anger and frustration, and I certainly do, because it's an easier emotion to go to. We're on the attack, we're ready to go. And when we sit down and have these sort of calm conversations, we've got to deal with all our fears and sort of embarrassments and and all that coming up, and that sort of vulnerability. But if you are willing to do that and you can do it, you won't have any problems. And you'll find that your relationships improve no end. You'll find you won't be at home just slagging them off. You won't be in the kitchen talking about them to everyone and moaning about them. You won't be looking for them to slip up uh, so that when they make a mistake. And suddenly you become the person that you want to be and they haven't got any control over that. And I've been amazed that with those type of people how my relationship has changed. And I really believe, and I've seen it time and time again, that for a relationship to change, just one person has to change. And, and you just, the whole idea is we want to feel better. So actually, let's not be reliant on them. Let's take control of that and start learning to feel better without them changing. And for me, it is, I think it's one of the biggest stresses for people. I think one of the big, biggest stresses for people is those people and those people we work with. It can make us hate our job. It can make us leave our job. But it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. And um, 
And if you need help with it, please let me know because it is, it is some of the work. You won't just listen to this and suddenly start going out all and loving all the people you hate, I can assure you. It does take time because you've got to look at what you're making it mean and then all your beliefs around that come up. You know, I used to think that people shouldn't speak to people like that. Um, I realised that they do. And actually looking at how I responded, and that was the big thing, how I responded when they reacted the way they did. And, but to, to change that response, you've got to look at all your beliefs and all your thoughts around it, decide whether they're, they're benefiting you. And also then actually, you know, as well as are they benefiting you, you know, do you want to change them? Because I realise that I've, you know, I've got values of being polite, helpful, and not making people look stupid. <clears throat> so when I see someone else doing that, of course, that's going to rub up the wrong way. But what I don't have to do is then become that person and go against my values. I can set boundaries and work on it that way. So I hope that's helpful for you. Have a great week and I'll speak to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening today. And if you know of anyone that would benefit from this podcast, please forward it on to them. And if you want to know any more, then please do not hesitate to email me at johnnybevan at outlook.com. That's J-O-N-N-Y-B-E-V-A-N at outlook.com. And also follow me on Instagram um, at Johnny Bevan or on Facebook, I am Johnny Bevan, the Police Burnout Coach. Have a great time and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.